Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer. And I'm Katie Ganey. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture. And today we are reviewing the sequel to A Quiet Place, A Quiet Place Part 2. Ooh. Aptly named. So we are just going to kind of get right into it. We've pre-recorded a couple episodes. We've, we're getting ahead a little bit. So not every episode has all of our normal features like recommends and news and things like that. Because a little inside baseball, we're recording three episodes on the same night. So if we did Ooh. news again, it would just be you know the same news we gave you on the last yeah. episode. Because no real time has passed in the real world since we've recorded. Even though you're hearing this a week later than the than the previous right. episode but we don't have any new news for you or we haven't you know it's not like we read a book between when we recorded the friends reunion and a quiet place part two but 10 minutes later so this means the next time we record there might be a boatload of news by then yeah and if some big news thing has happened and you're like why are they not addressing it That's this why. is the reason yeah. why today so. is june 2nd if that yes. helps anybody so. <laughs> so we're just going to get into our review of a quiet place Part two. Uh, this is really the first big movie that's been released since the pandemic. Uh, if you look at, except for maybe Tenet, Godzilla versus Kong came out in March. That also did pretty well. But this is Memorial Day weekend release and is the unofficial start to the summer movie season and did very well at the box office its opening weekend. So this is kind of a lot of articles are saying this is kind of the return to the movie theater or movies are back kind of with this particular movie. So absolutely. I, I thought I, w- I did a double take when I was filling in the box office numbers because I'm so used to putting like $200,000, yes. $200 at a local theater. $200. Yeah. So released May 28th, it's rated PG-13 for terror, bloody and disturbing images, and violence. We should also mention there's no way to watch this other than going to the theater, at least not right now. It's Absolutely. going to come to streaming pretty quickly, but I think it's 45 or 60 days after it is in theaters. So... Right now, the only way to see this is by going to a movie theater. This is Get not that available vaccine, on a sh- people. Yeah, streaming Get a service. vaccine, go to the movie theater. It was so exciting. I loved being back in a movie theater. Also, I want to preface this. There is no way to talk about this movie without revealing spoilers. So if you yep. don't want to listen to this episode, we would love it if you would come back after you go see the film. But get the vaccine, go see the movie, come back to the episode. Yes. Hour and 37 minutes. Not too long, which is great. First Quiet Place was also not that long either. Mm-hmm. Um, IMDb 7.9 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes critics 90%. Audience 94%. So a lot of people liking this, which for a sequel is even more rare because normally right. as you make more and more, people start to like them less and less. Um, so the fact that this has still got great reviews and we'll talk about it a little bit more in our likes and dislikes. And while this is a sequel to A Quiet Place, it does some things differently that I think helps it not fall into that trap of being the exact same movie as A Quiet Place Part 1. So, yes. which is which is great. So if you don't know... Oh, also the box office. I forgot. Again, yeah, box office. We haven't had a box up. office in a while. Yep. $61 million domestically, $83 million worldwide. I think I read this had about a $60 million budget. So it's already made back its budget opening weekend. We'll continue to probably do well as word of mouth spreads that it's a good movie. And it kind of appeals to a lot of different demographics as well. Um, you know, people are fans of Emily Blunt. People like horror slash thriller movies. People like John Krasinski directing. So 
lots of different areas of uh, interest there. So the synopsis for this one, following the events at home, the Abbott family now faces the terrors of the outside world. Forced to venture into the unknown, they realize the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond the sand path. Spooky. Yeah, spooky. Definitely classify this as the same thing as the first Quiet Place thriller with some horror aspects in it, some science fiction aspects in it. Um, that's kind of what a, I mean, part two is not going to be a different movie at all um, right. in terms of the tone and the theme and the genre that it's in. So if you liked the first one, you'll probably like this one. If you didn't like the first one, this is pretty similar to the first one. So just FYI, some critics reviews for this one. We have Mark Feeney of the Boston Globe who says Krasinski presents these and other such details with lucidity. His direction is so efficient and assured that the three or four rather ridiculous plot elements go unnoticed until well after the movie's over. That's how absorbing part two can be. So Jared, I unfortunately I did pick all men for the reviews. However, I picked this one specifically because he works for the Boston Globe. Krasinski is a Massachusetts man. Big Boston sports guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I figured that this one mattered. And also, I was curious to talk to you later about the plot elements that he's talking about, because I regret to say, I don't know that I noticed a lot of plot mishaps. So maybe there was something I didn't pay attention to, but that was not prominent in my dislikes or anything. Yeah, I didn't really. I didn't really either. And I'm going to suspend some disbelief when you have a movie about monsters that attack you when you make noise. So thank you, you. Jared. Thank (laughs) you. Agreed. Because because this is not, I mean, set in like a a real world setting, but it's not, you know, it's not like real life. So right. And you know how passes there. You know how we review some movies like Nomadland where the critics are like they are kissing some major bootay. <laughs> like they are just like this is God's gift to the film industry. Industry. <laughs> so this movie rated really really high on Rotten Tomatoes, but when I was looking for at all the critics uh critiques if you will, they were so so like these like all of these say something nice but then they kind of say like eh it could have been better. But the hmm. scores were really high, so I just wanted to point that out as well. Next up, we have Adam Graham of the Detroit News, who kind of says the same thing that Mark Feeney said of the Boston Globe, just in a different way. He said, there are nitpicks, some small, some a little bigger, but mostly A Quiet Place Part 2 does its job by giving viewers more and leaving them wanting even more. That's the modern franchise way. Yes, so. I wanted to point that out because I am someone who is very firmly, uh, let's not make sequels and prequels and let's just not do it. Um, obviously, I think people know I feel that way because of what I've said about Marvel and every, although I'm a little hypocrite because I love James Bond and can't really get it. So <laughs> who knows what I'm talking about? I just think sometimes there is magic in making something that can stand alone. And Arjun and I were talking about it, about this film last night. We saw it last night and we both really enjoyed it, but we were also, he said, I forget who it was, but someone said, if you're truly a good filmmaker, you make something so good, it can stand on its own and you don't have to make sequels prequels and everything else and i agree with that sentiment so anyway those are my two cents if you want them nice and then finally we have leonard malton of leonardmalton.com who says a quiet place part two deserves to succeed because it's so good not just because it's coasting on an earlier hit like any sequel it can't offer a fresh core concept but it can extend the thrills and chills without seeming forced or contrived that kind of sums up my thoughts on it it takes place in the world of a quiet place the monsters are still there that attack people when they make noise but the whole movie is not them 
being quiet the whole time this time because that was the first one. So if you did that again, it's just going to people are going to be like, this is just like the first I already saw this. So right, while right. they they keep that core there, like you saying, they build on it with some different elements, different things that happen, you know, different cast, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes, things like that. So definitely supported that uh, in the in the sequel. So um, and this movie directed by John Krasinski, who you probably know, pretty well-known actor, of course, on The Office, played Jim. That's probably the thing he's most famous for at this point in his career. Uh, 13 Hours, Something Borrowed, uh, and A Quiet Place. He was in the first one. He is in the second one for a few minutes. But if you saw yes! the first... If you saw the first Quiet Place, you know what happens at the end. So you knew he was not going to be in this entire movie. But Jared, do you remember when I said, I forget what we were recording. It might have been the Mitchells versus the Machines. And I said, John Krasinski's in this. And you're like, no, he's not. Did you watch the first one? And I was so embarrassed you asked me that. I was like, yes, I watched the first one. But I was correct in all he fairness because I said, Jared, I just watched the preview. He's in the preview. I don't understand why he's in the preview, but he's in it. So when I when this movie and the only reason I don't mean to throw it in your face, which I'm clearly doing, but I watched That's it, fine. I watched an interview with him and I think it was with Colbert. Or it might have been Seth Meyers. He was on both and I watched both interviews, but one of them was like, But 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 we thought you died in the first one. And he was like, Ah, it's a flashback. <laughs> but yes. at least I wasn't the only one. I'm in good company with my confusion. So sorry to throw that yeah. in your face. He's right in the beginning of the movie, which is gonna yes. be one of my likes when we get down to that here ah, in a few minutes. Yes. So um, this is his fifth directing credit. Of course, he directed Quiet Place Part One. He has also directed Quiet Place Part Two and I'm fine with more of these sequels, honestly, if he keeps directing and Emily Blunt keeps starring in them. I think once you get to the point where he's not directing them anymore or Emily Blunt doesn't want to do them anymore, I say don't don't make any more of them. Um, but if he's going to direct yeah. and his wife's going to star, I'm okay with maybe doing another one of these. Three would probably be a good number. One, two, and three. <laughs> yes, I have thoughts on that. Okay, I will agree with you. I love Emily Blunt. And the I'll tell you the only reason I could be okay with a third. I feel like he directs really, really well, like mm -hmm. way better than I would have ever guessed. And I like that these films are shorter. They are a normal like length of a film where you can watch it, get in, get out. It's not like it drones on and on and on. So I will agree with you, but I also don't think we need three movies about aliens or monsters who have trouble with sound. And I don't want like Quiet Place Part 7. No, just yes. we got to stop it before it gets to that point. So we'll take a quick break here on the show. We'll come back, talk about the cast for this movie and our likes and dislikes for A Quiet Place Part 2. And we're back here on the Silver Screen Podcast talking about A Quiet Place Part 2. The follow-up to A Quiet Place Part 1, which came out a few years ago, was a big hit. When the first one came out, everybody said, you have to see this in the theater. And I will agree, the first one is way better in the theater than watching it at home or something. Obviously, you, it'll be hard to replicate that now in 2021. But if you were able to see the first one in theaters, you know that, that was a pretty fun experience. And the second one in theaters was also a fun experience. So this movie doesn't have a very large cast. It's uh, pretty small because the, it's uh, after the apocalypse and the machines and the monsters have come and basically killed everybody. And there's not that many people left <laughs> on earth. So, but one of those people that is left on earth is Emily Blunt. <laughs> Can I get a crush alert? <gasps> oh my gosh. I love Emily Blunt. I'm pretty sure everybody knows it, but I just need to keep saying it. So Emily Blunt plays Evelyn Abbott. She is reprising her role and she is one of my favorite actors, fashionistas, people, etc. She is best known for The Devil Wears Prada, 
Young Victoria, Salmon Fishing in the Yemen, Mary Poppins Returns, and Edge of Tomorrow. She has four upcoming projects, including a series called The English, that's a TV series, and a movie called Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat, which is a follow-up to Edge of Tomorrow. She is, of course, married to John Krasinski, and they have two daughters together. Very nice. So Emily Blunt is a is a great great actress. I don't think that's to be Agreed. disputed at all. Um, and has done a lot of a lot of fun things in her career. A lot of different types of movies as well. So mm-hmm. very wide range. Next up, we have Millicent Simmons. She plays Reagan Abbott. She is 18 years old in real life. She was born in Utah, but raised in Pittsburgh. She is best known for Wonderstruck and A Quiet Place. She is deaf in real life, and some people are saying that this movie is really her story, as in Reagan, the character. And she has another TV movie coming out this year called Close Up. So if you love her, I am extremely impressed by her, I must say. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then next up, we need another crush alert, Jared. This is Killian Murphy. (laughs) Killian plays Emmett. He is an Irish actor best known for the TV series Peaky Blinders, also the movies Inception, The Dark Knight, and 28 Days Later. Uh, Random, he just celebrated a birthday. He shares a birthday with my dad. So he just became a year older last week. And he has three upcoming projects, including Hippie Hippie Shake and Ken Sook's Kingdom. Jared, I must take one moment to tell you. I don't know the last time this happened in my life. I... Never was very taken by Killian Murphy. I saw this movie last night and I was like, how have I never seen how beautiful this man is? I knew he had an Irish accent, which he doesn't in the movie. Jared just rolled his eyes, everyone. He's probably like, (laughs) why is Katie my friend? And why do I do this podcast with her? But anyway, (laughs) all I'm saying is he is so beautiful. And I never noticed. I don't know if it was the dirt on his face he looked so grimy and grungy i don't know if it's because he had facial hair and longer hair i don't know what it was but good heavens i don't know i i just can't remember the last time i wasn't very impressed with someone or didn't think much of their like looks and then suddenly i was like whoa so that's yeah, why we I was had to say, add he was he was alert. not on your like no. crush alert radar. No, and then this. last night I was like, I gotta watch an interview with him. And then his voice makes it even better because he is Irish. And you know, I was looking at him too. He has, you know, I have several types, I would say, but he has a lot in common with Richard Madden and Chris Pine. He's got that dark hair, those light eyes. I love people who are from other countries, not America. Like I you know, there's a lot of reasons behind it, but I, I needed to do a shout out. And if anybody else loves Killian Murphy like I do, please let me know. Have you watched uh, Peaky Blinders? Because I have not, but I've always meant to. I've never watched it. But yesterday I was like, I've got to watch this show. It's finally time. I've put it off for too long. But I watched multiple interviews with Killian um, last night and this morning. And he was talking about how they just filmed the final season for that. And apparently John Krasinski and Emily Blunt loved that show. And that's why they wanted him in the film. So I'm going to watch it. Have you seen that show? I have not. No, I have not watched it. Again, I've heard very good things, but I have not checked it out personally. So I need to watch it. I know it's on Netflix and uh, everybody likes it that appears to watch it. I have friends that watch it and say that they really enjoy it. So I need to I need to check it out, though. Uh, yeah. It's on my list of ever-growing things to watch. So, 
Well, awesome. I love him. And he did a really good job in this film, but more on that in a minute. The other people in this film, there's only a couple other like star names, but I didn't want to forget them. This movie is also starring Noah Jupe, Jimon Hansu, and John Krasinski, of course, makes an appearance in this again, like we mentioned earlier. Yes. So we'll get into our likes and dislikes for A Quiet Place Part 2 now. Um, first like is that this the first movie, very thrilling, very exciting, um, very original concept in terms of the fact that there's just not going to be a lot of noise throughout the movie and it's going to be very quiet and dependent on you as an audience to be quiet while you watch it. Um, and the second movie does more of the same. It's, it's again, very thrilling. There's some tense moments in there. Um, you know, I will say the second one almost seems like more has more of almost a narrative than the first one. The first mm-hmm. one is just like, just survive the, the monsters. The second one is like, we need to go do this to help, civilization to try and kill all of the monsters. So I liked that. It had more of a narrative element than the first one, but it was still scary and it was still had some jump scares and some very tense moments. Um, and it was still a very good thriller movie. I agree with you. And you had mentioned earlier about there being sound and more talking in this movie. That was one of my favorite things about it. I don't know that I I consciously noticed that at the time, but I do think I was just as engaged in this one as the first one. And I think that's incredibly hard for people to do with a sequel. So that's definitely a testament to the storyline and the way Krasinski filmed this. Um yeah. And in general, just this movie kept me on the edge of my seat like the first one did. I did not think this one was less scary. I did not um, think I didn't think the aliens or whatever they were seemed cheesy. I was mm-hmm. just as scared. I was just as invested in the characters. And I have to say this movie did exceed my expectations. I always had a I always have a low bar for sequels. Um, I will admit that I had heard that this was getting good reviews. I hadn't seen the reviews yet. So that kind of swayed me a little bit, but I was really impressed with it overall. Yeah, this is a really, really solid movie for sure. So uh, also it's got a lot of elements in this movie. We kind of already talked about that, but you know, it's a family staying together. It's a horror movie. It's a drama. Um, this one has more of like more of that family dynamic, even more with Killian Murphy's character. Um, and I really liked how him and the daughter kind of go off on their own and they're doing their own thing while the mom and the son are kind of staying back while they try to complete this journey. So um, I really like those two storylines, but it does have a lot of aspects in it. A lot of times, a lot of times with a thriller movie or a horror movie, you won't really care about the characters that much. There won't be that family aspect to it, but this is different in the fact that it does have a family aspect. And because you know these characters from the first one, you care about them in the second one um, because more of the same kind of stuff is happening. Yes. John Krasinski has talked at length about how this is a family film. This is a love story. Um, both between the husband and wife, I have suspicions about Emily Blunt's character and Killian Murphy's character. Um, but also it's a love story with children, like how you love your children, how you do anything for your family. And I would also say, I don't even know, I know I put this, but I don't think I would classify it quite as horror. I think it's definitely like suspense. And that to me is so much more Hitchcockian. That is so much more what I like. I don't like, I don't love jump scares, but I especially don't like slasher. That's the kind of stuff that is not my bread and butter. I'm not interested. But if someone is good at suspense, I am all in. And I think Krasinski does a very good job with suspense. 
I also wanted to say I really liked the opening of this movie. In the first movie, you're just kind of thrown into it. You don't know how this whole thing started. So I like the second one, starting with that flashback where it's how this happened originally and how these monsters came down to Earth and kind of attacked everybody that was there. And it was very kind of, I don't know if you felt this way as well, but it was kind of similar to what happened with COVID-19, where we heard that this was happening in another country. And we thought, oh, that's that's bad for them, but it probably won't right. make its way over here. That'll right. just be a thing that China deals with and we'll be fine. And then as time progressed, obviously that was not the case. The same thing kind of happens in this movie where like stuff's happening in another country. Everybody's watching it and just going on with their lives thinking, oh, that's kind of, you know, not not good, but it, it hasn't affected this country yet. And then everything happens and, you know, everything attacks just instantaneously. instantaneously. Yes, I agree with you. That first, the beginning of the film, like the, it, I, I actually think too, a lot of times I feel like previews do not pull from the beginning of the film. It's like often an hour into the action and stuff. And I love that most of the trailer was the beginning of the film. So I truly had no idea where this was going to go. I didn't know if John Krasinski was going to be in all of it somehow, some way. Um, but man, I, I really enjoyed the beginning too. And it was like, you were right in the action, but it didn't, it didn't feel like I couldn't breathe. I was so scared. I just felt like, okay, yes, we did not need a lot of exposition. We are in it. We are, we are in the middle of the conflict. And I loved that. And then a big thing for me was just the actors. That was something I enjoyed so much about the first film. And I think that's what made a lot of the first film very successful. I absolutely love the element of having actors who happen to be deaf and also that they're deaf in real life. Um, I love that the film centers primarily around the daughter being so successful. And I can't help but think that uh, this movie revolves around the daughter because John Krasinski has two daughters. Like that's just kind of in the back of my mind all the time. And also, I know I mentioned this before, but I think Killian Murphy as a good guy, or at least not a bad, not a villain. I love that. I, I wish there was more of that. And again, I haven't seen Peaky Blinders, but I know that I'm, I'm pretty certain he's not a good guy in that one. But anyway, I just really liked the choices of the actors and the parts that they also get to portray. Yeah, that was definitely a good part for the movie too. So, and another another thing that these movies do very well is the sound editing and um, just the sound mixing and music or no music in a scene. I mean, that's kind of the whole, the first one is kind of based on that entirely where it's a very short script and the sound editing is such a big part of the movie. And this one's the same way. It's got a lot of periods of time where there will be no talking or something will happen, um, you know, and it's just reliant on sound. And so that's a really good thing that they do in this movie as well that they did in the first one is really pay attention to that. Um, and I mean, if you're going to call your movie a quiet place, you got to make sure the sound is good so that when things do happen, it can be impactful. And again, this one does a great job with the, with the sound and the sound editing and all that. I agree with you. I was um, proud. I felt like you when I was uh, <laughs> writing that down because I think you're so much better about noticing sound editing, music, and all of that stuff. But I definitely did notice it. I think part of it is you go into the film kind of expecting to notice stuff like that because it's a movie about sound. Um, but I think that they added music in the right places. If there was, there was seldom music that I can remember. Um, but I definitely think just sound, knowing when to add talking, knowing when to add, like even things like the door, you know, cause they're in that little chamber downstairs. Yeah. Um, even sounds like that. Everything was like, I thought perfectly picked at the right moments. Also like even the, um, 
There was an intense time when Millicent is going down the stairs and she has to avoid that nail that's sticking out of the stairs, even hearing the stairs creak and stuff. Like it was just so smart and meticulous with how they used sound. Also, they need to take that freaking nail out of the stairs. I don't know. (laughs) Thank you. I I was kind of like, what's going on here? Didn't we learn our lesson the first time? (laughs) We had the nail make another cameo in Quiet Boys Part 2. Great pacing as well throughout the movie. That's another like is that it's very well paced. It's not super long. It moves very well. And that's a really great thing. I will say along with that, though, if you're going to see this kind of look up like how long it is um, before you go into it. I had three people. I don't know if this happened in your theater. I had three people that got up uh, with this movie with probably 10 minutes to go to go to the bath. They got up to go to the bathroom um, with maybe 10, 15 minutes. minutes. Stop it. No, I'm sorry. I'm getting so heated. I would, it takes a lot for me to leave a movie theater. Like it'll take a lot. Like, it'll have to be like, I'm going to have an accident if I don't get And I up. don't mind if you need to use the restroom, but like, if you're that close to the end, just like, <laughs> wait you it know, out. wait it out. Get it's 10 bottle. more minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a little odd that I was like, this movie does not have that long left. And that was like the climactic part when they're like going to, you know, yeah. kill the monster by going to the radio station. So, oh, P.S. Yeah. Spoilers. But we already warned yeah. people. Yeah. P.S. So I am I don't mean to dive right into dislikes, but you just made me think of one. So I'm going okay. there. Um, this isn't the fault of the, A Quiet Place, but can I tell you, I was seriously disappointed that there was not a preview for No Time to Die. I was like, <laughs> we're back to the movies. I've been waiting for Bond for two years now, more than two years, and we didn't get a preview for it, but we got like six saying that the movie theater has been sanitized, everything's clean, wear your mask, get vaccinated. Like, thank you for all those announcements. Check, check, check. But also, where's No Time to Die? Yeah, did you get the did you get the F nine trailer? Was yeah. Arjun excited about that? Did yeah. we? <laughs> I got that one. So yeah, we, did, I did not get the No Time no, to Die got, trailer. Yeah, I, I know we F9. got the I know we got the bodyguard's wife one. <laughs> I got that one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we also got. Gosh, maybe we did. get I got Fast the Conjuring. Uh, the Devil conjuring, made me do it. Stupid, yeah. so stupid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got we something got, else. I think there were a couple horror films in mind. Yeah, that would make sense since it's this anyway. is kind of a thriller horror movie. So yeah, but I mean that's not John Krasinski's fault, but that's I'm gonna ding him a point for that. There you go. So that's, choose your trailers better next time. Yeah, exactly. So I guess we'll move into our dislikes now. You said you <laughs> I've already moved in. <laughs> you you disliked the ending. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. I did I I was okay with the ending. Jared. But you didn't like it. Okay. Jared, I was <laughs> so disturbed. So everyone, I'm assuming if you're still listening like 30 minutes into this podcast Spoiler, and we warned you about spoilers, you're already aware of what's happening though. Here's the end. Yeah. Like I don't even think I need to Okay. So at the end, you know, we're seeing like some monsters are killed. Yay. And it was the most abrupt ending I can ever remember. And in fact, it was so abrupt that I was like, oh, I don't think they use reels anymore. But I thought that the film came off the reel and it like fell off of the projector. That's how abrupt (laughs) that was like what just happened in the theater, except the credits started to roll. And I was like, surely that wasn't the end. I actually thought it was a joke. I thought maybe the credits roll and then it goes back to the action. Makes no sense. But maybe that's what's happening. I was so confused and just completely shocked. It's honestly the only thing that I strongly disliked about the film because immediately I thought, oh, great, a third one. And in fact, 
I shouldn't say that. I didn't immediately think a third one. And I thought that's the end. And that's when my brain figured out, oh, I see what he did here. Okay. So you didn't like the abruptness of it. No, basically. it wasn't okay. like I'm super happy that they're killing the monsters. I'm everything. I'm I'm in it to win it at this point. I'm I'm believing in the plot. I love the acting. I'm in the story. I care about it. I'm invested in these characters. And then it's just like, boom, they kill two monsters. And it's like the end. Goodbye. Yeah. I didn't mind that because I do like when movies kind of wrap up once the story's done. Now, granted, that was a very fast wrap up where it was like she kills the monster and then A Quiet Place Part 2 directed by John Krasinski pops up on the screen. So that was a little quick, uh, I will say. Also, you don't get you don't go back to Emily Blunt and the son at all after that happens um, to see kind of I mean, you kind of see what how their story plays out but i would have liked maybe just one more part with them um so i will say it was a little quick but i don't think i minded it as much as you did um i will say that girl was moving around that radio station pretty slow though um (laughs) once they had already like alerted the monster that you know they were there basically um she still moves at like a snail's pace i'm like girl get in there and put your uh cochlear implant up to the microphone and and hit it Agreed. Let's go. Agreed. What do you do? She's like listening to Beyond the Sea play for 30 seconds. I'm like, right. this thing is, uh, Killian Murphy's about to die for you so that you can do this. And, you know. And he just got hot, you know? He just got his <laughs> wings. Don't do this to him. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. So, but overall, we both liked it. I mean, that was our main dislike, oh, yeah. was, a, was just the, a little bit of the it. ending. I docked okay. at some points. I was so upset by the ending. Okay. I didn't really mind the ending, but well, I mean, to each their own. So, Well, okay then. <laughs> I feel like we're sassy on this episode. I'm sorry. So. We are. I'm so sorry. Do you That's have, okay. do you have any other dislikes? Cause um, I don't, I don't want to, you know, ignore you. I can't really think of any other dislikes really. Um, you know, I think the rest of it was pretty solid and pretty good. I mean, this could, as we already mentioned, this could have fallen into a lot of traps that sequels fall into where they're just not as good as the original. They do dumb stuff. They don't make sense. They don't get the same people back, you know, for the sequel or whatever the case may be. So the fact that they kind of kept it the same, uh, I did like that. And I feel like if they make a third one, it's going to be difficult based on what's happened so far. And I also feel like they're maybe setting it up for the fact that like maybe Emily Blunt isn't in the next one and maybe it's just the the kids. I could see that being a thing too if they do make Mm -hmm. a third one. So, but overall, I thought this was a solid sequel and a nice return to the movie theater. A good movie to see in the movie theater. Great return to the theater. Yeah, after so long of doing this podcast where we just did throwback episodes and, uh, you know, Netflix, <laughs> Netflix things. And the fact that we actually went to a movie theater to see this was uh, was yeah. pretty fun. So I'm yeah. pretty excited. And you were right. They definitely they have like 15 minutes of advertising about how they're keeping it safe yeah, for you. They just so. want to let you know they have done what they can do. Please don't we sue cannot, them. We cannot sneak in two and a half minutes for that James Bond No Time no. to Die trailer. We don't so. have time for that. No, we got to get to the movie. So. Right. Okay, let's go ahead and give our grades for A Quiet Place Part 2. Um, I'm going to give this one pretty high score. I'm going to go 92 out of 100. So. Ooh, we are neck and neck, Jared. Nice. Very solid. Great sequel. Short. 
uh, still keeps up. If you liked the first one, you'll like this one. If mm-hmm. you liked the first one and you haven't seen the second one and you listen to this whole episode, uh, sorry we spoiled it for you, but we warned you four times. So like, <laughs> no more apologies really at this point. Right. So 92. Excellent. I am giving it a 91. I only docked it because of that James Bond trailer and the abrupt ending. I thought the plot was great. I thought it was just as intense as the first one. I cared about the characters. Killian Murphy had a glow up. I mean, I was here for this. Loved it. Way to go, John Krasinski. Great, great movie. So happy this was my first movie back in theaters. 91. Nice. There's our scores for Quiet Place Part 2. You can follow the show on social media, Podcast Silver on Twitter and Instagram. Search the Silver Screen Podcast on Facebook. You'll find our page there. Wherever you listen to podcasts, if you don't mind to rate and review us, definitely helps us out. Apple Podcasts, that's very easy to do. So we thank you for that. And speaking of returning to the movies, our next episode is going to be a summer movie preview. We're going to kind of run down some of the big things that are coming out, the ones we're most excited for, what we're really looking forward to this summer. Uh, we're defining summer as the start of May through the end of August. So we're just going to cover yes. movies that are in that time frame. But um, we're excited to talk about some of those movies that we've been expecting now for a year or a year and a half and will finally be coming out uh, this summer if they don't get pushed back again. Fingers crossed. So... That's our next episode. Stay tuned, everyone. Until next time, we'd like to thank the Academy. 